Welcome to the Art Life Faith Podcast. This is the show where we talk about art, what it has to do with your life, and what it has to do with the Christian faith. And I'm your host, Roger Lowther. This is episode seven, Sea Glass. My friends Matt Burns and Paul Nethercott made a beautiful little film called Finding Beauty in the Rubble, telling the story of a woman who made art in the midst of the terrible devastation of the 2011 earthquake and tsunami in Japan. I put a link to the film in the show notes so you can see it too. And I'm especially grateful to Nancy Nethercott for her friendship and for answering all my questions as I pestered her for more details about this story. When the tsunami siren sounded, Hiroko tied her dog Kai to a tree and headed for the shelter. I'll be right back, she said. Kai waved his tail in reply. Hiroko didn't think there was any danger. I mean, why would she? Her town was protected by 13-foot seawalls, and sirens often went off after the earthquakes. Forty-five minutes later, she watched in horror as the tsunami tore through her town. Shockwaves rattled the windows from an explosion at the nearby oil refinery. The electricity went out, and the tap water stopped working. And just as the sun was about to set, the wind picked up and snow began to fall. As she shivered under a blanket of darkness, barely able to breathe, thinking about her dog, all night long she listened to the howling of the wind. The next day, as soon as there was enough light, she practically ran to the house, tripping over debris, getting stuck in the mud along the way. And even from a distance, she could tell her home was completely gone. But as she came closer, she found that Kai was still tied to that tree and alive. He was shivering and soaked up to the neck, but he was alive. Can you imagine what he had gone through? Oh, Kai, I'm so sorry, she cried as she hugged and kissed him. And from that time forward, they were inseparable. Every morning, they went for walks together on the beach as they sheltered in the gymnasium of the local high school. One of those mornings, she noticed something sparkling in the sand and stooped to pick it up. It was sea glass. She put some of it in her pocket and carried it to the cardboard square she called home and back at the shelter. With every walk, that collection grew. In the months ahead, many volunteers came from all over Japan, in fact, from all over the world. Hiroko said, The warm-heartedness of the people really impacted me. Complete strangers came to help us. Seeing that really touched me. To show her gratitude, Hiroko made small necklaces from the sea glass collection she had and gave them as gifts. Over time, she started making larger objects, window decorations, candle holders, even lampshades. She especially liked how the light turned blue, red, and green as it shined through the sea glass. I no longer felt like a person who couldn't do anything, she said. Here was something I could do. Here was a meaningful way I could respond. I bought one of Hiroko's necklaces. In fact, I'm, I'm wearing it right now. I wish I could show it to you. It's, it's interesting to me how it's much heavier, the glass, you know, than you would expect. 
The piece of glass is a frosty white, and it's smooth from the friction of the sand and the waves. This one's shaped like an arrowhead, which is why I got it. And it's held together from, with some very thin silver wires, if you can picture it. And wearing this necklace, I've been thinking about sea glass and how it forms. You know, the beauty of sea glass actually comes through being broken. First, of course, the quartz sand has to be melted, and that's what makes it glass. And then it has to be shaped into whatever you're making, you know, a drinking glass or a bottle or a window. But the next step, that glass object has to be broken into lots of sharp and jagged pieces. And there's another step. Those sharp pieces are made smooth and pleasant to the touch by being rubbed the sand and the waves. And if we push this image even further, we can think about how the light that shines through the sea glass is broken. How Hiroko's window decorations and lampshades actually fill the world with color by breaking the light. They fill the darkness of the room, not just with light, but with beauty, with broken beauty. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 8, 12. I wonder what kind of light this is. Do you think it's white light? Or do you think it's more like the colorful light that shines through the broken pieces of sea glass? I mean, as you look through the Bible, and there's so many images of the glory of the Lord being associated with rainbow light, with colorful light. The light of God's presence shines in our darkness. It shines in our devastation. And God comes near and fills our world with beauty and with color when we need it most. One day, all the sharp and jagged edges of this world will be polished and made smooth and pleasant to the touch. And little by little, God redeems this broken world, transforming it into the beautiful ongoing work of his creation, or should I say, recreation, giving us just a little picture of what we have to look forward to in the coming of the new heavens and the new earth. This is Roger Lowther, and you've been listening to Episode 7, Sea Glass, of the Art Life Faith Podcast. As we say in Japan, Ja, mata ne! See you next time. <laughs>